It's the True Achievements Podcast, episode 66, and Jack's here. Hello. And Dave's here. How do? And I am Rich Stone, or if my mother's listening, Richard Stone. (laughs) (laughs) How's it all going? It's the 500th release of the Idea Xbox program today. That's exciting, isn't it? 500. Pretty big milestone for them, isn't it? It is. As Silly would say, it's a Laura Laura Games. Mm. One for the youngsters there. We have an extra special part two of this podcast to bring you later on with an interview with Chris Charler, who is program director of the Idea Xbox program. So hang around for a little bit to find out a load of inside info on ID and what makes it tick and why they made it and what's coming up and tons of cool stuff. Let's talk about our streams for this week. We have played a lot of interesting and varied games, uh, starting with last Friday when we played Aero. Um, those of you out there might remember a game called Res, which was a sort of first-person... Sh- actually, this isn't first-person, is it? Third-person, wasn't it? Third-person, shooty, music, rhythm, action game. <laughs> Where you sort of fly down a tunnel and enemies appear and you sort of hover over them to to target them all and then you let go on the beat and all bullets fly out and they all blow up at once. This was a very similar principle to that game. Um, Jack and I played it for an hour. Jack was considerably better at it than I was, which seems to be something. I need a little soundboard <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, apart from when we get on to Wonder Boy. Um, <laughs> uh, but Dave, yeah. you've only gone and completed it. Yeah, smashed it. Smashed it. <laughs> so um, weirdly, when we were playing this, I was thinking there's no way anyone's ever going to complete this game. However, you have proved me wrong. Tell me about the game, Dave. Really, really enjoyed it. It's one of them where, you know, at the end of every song, there's like a leaderboard. So you kind of, you know, oh, I could do a little bit better. And it gives you stars, you know, like five stars for each song. So there's always something, you know, to kind of aim for in it. It's like a, it's a similar kind of thing. Because I think the guys who made this previously worked on DJ Hero. Okay. And I found it kind of similar to that. I know it's like you're flying a plane and shooting things. But, you know, you're kind of looking at a track that's going... Coming, yes. kind of coming towards you and you try to keep on target with that. So I kind of used it similar kind of principle to that. But what really helped is the guy in the stream, and it's a probably the only downside I could say to the, the actual game. He told us in the stream that you need to time your shots to the beat. Yes. And when you do, it gives you a, sort of like lasers, like mm-hmm. straight away it impacts the enemies and destroys them. Whereas if you don't, whenever you fire, it always hits on the beat. So if you do it at a random time, it's kind of got a spiral round and then go and hit it. Yes. And I know uh, our review, Kevin, mentioned that like he was struggling to do, and it was spoiling his run because the shots are all over the place and stuff. But the game doesn't actually describe that anywhere. Yeah, that's a flaw. Even and there is a tutorial section as well. Yeah, they they need to. I don't, can't imagine it take them long just to patch that a little bit in, just to explain that a bit better, but really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I kind of got addicted to it over the Easter weekend, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the TA must be huge on that, because, as I say, some of the levels were particularly difficult. So there's like, um, I think there's maybe 10 different levels? 15. 15, okay, so each one has its own song. Um it's they're quite well, beat, yeah, proper licensed music. They're quite beat heavy tunes. There's a Katie B tune on, tune on there, which is awesome. Um, and you've got three different difficulty levels for each of the songs. So you've got a normal, a hard, and an advanced. Normal to advanced and hard, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> normal advanced. I think it's normal master. advanced and master. That's normal advanced and master. Um, 
And yeah, you get three lives, so if you get hit, then um, you've still got two more chances. But on Master Alert mode, they take away two of the lives, and so you're all on your own, basically. But yeah, there's a lot of rhythm involved. Um, the TA on the game is currently 3,500, which is pretty hefty. The, um, master, so yeah, was very the master difficulty sounds hard, but like... It, as you're going through on the like the normal difficulty, like I found because I had that tip from the stream, I kind of did all right. I yeah. probably got started struggling around about the tenth track because then it starts getting a bit like where you try to really kind of wiggle around, and you know that kind of keeps your score going. You know, staying on that line, so yeah. you got to kind of figure that out. So replaying them quite a bit kind of got me used to doing like the left thumbstick to stay on track. Yes, and then when you go to the next level of difficulty. They'll th- while you're doing the wiggly bits, they'll throw in enemies at them points as well. So kind of you, you, you kind of get maybe to level five and you're missing. So you're practicing, practicing, practicing. You know and get used to that mechanic of using both sticks independently. Yep. And then the last time I went through, like I thought, oh god, master's going to be a nightmare because that advance took me probably the longest to get through. And then because I practiced so much to that point, I went through. And I think there was two that I needed to replay that I didn't get five stars on. Because oh, wow. I practiced that much to that point, it was pretty natural. Um, yeah, I was I was very impressed with the completion, and uh, we managed to get nine achievements out of sixty six uh, in the hour that we played it. But your completion was around what did you say, ten hours? Yeah, ten hours. But I probably spent about an hour messing about trying to get to number one on some leaderboards and things on the songs I like. So probably about eight nine hours it probably take. I think. I don't think okay. you really have to be excellent at that kind of game. I think the practice of doing it and replaying is it kind of get better yourself naturally. Okay, cool. Well, I highly recommend it. Um, our review only gave it three and a half. I, th- I would give it somewhere between four and four and a half just on the hour I played it. Um, what would you give it, Dave? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. Cool. Um, and thanks to the developers for popping in the stream and giving us some advice when we played it. Okay, the second game we played oh, close the thing. was Voodoo Vince Remastered. Oh, it was long-awaited Voodoo, Vin- Voodoo Vince Remastered. <laughs> uh, Jack, tell us about this game. Um, so this game is a remaster of a Xbox original game. Mm. So quite an old one, and it's got quite a cult following, seemingly. Yes. A lot of people excited about it. Um, I didn't. I didn't play the original, so I'm not too sure how true it is to that. I'm assuming it's exactly the same. It's just yeah. a pure remaster, no kind of additional. Well, kind of a little bits and pieces added, I think, because there was a sign saying Phil Spencer should have signed up for a second version of it or something partway through the <laughs> game, <laughs> which uh, is quite amusing. <laughs> um, it was. It was quite fun though. Uh, it played like. Um, I don't know what I'd parallel it to, to be honest. Just kind of a, like a platforming adventure game, really. Kind of lots of yeah. jumping about, lots of killing enemies. You got different abilities as you went through. You played a little voodoo doll, and the person you start in a shop, and the voodoo lady gets bundled into the back of a van. You're on a quest to find her, from what I gather. And you have different powers, different abilities that you can use throughout. Um, each part of the game seems to be divided into not distinct levels as such, but distinct areas. Yeah. Different things you can do in the areas. 
there was one point we got to a clock tower and we could climb up the clock tower and run on the surface of the clock to change the time. I really like that. Yeah, different shops cool in idea. the square opened at different times, so you had to match your times up, uh, go to certain places to get money, then change the time again, go back to another shop to buy a horn, then go and play your horn for a jazz man. <laughs> in a, in an yeah, the, interest, yeah. the achievement list was quite interesting there was quite a lot of missable stuff so um, check out the list if you don't want to miss it but I enjoyed it um, quite a lot. Quite often I think old games you go back to if you remember them more fondly than they actually are not that I played this one originally but sometimes you go back to a game that's 15 years old and you think actually this wasn't you know games have moved on since then but this played well to me I thought it was cool mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Um, Flinthook, we played uh, yesterday, the day before yesterday, and we didn't do very well. We got zero <laughs> game of score uh, for uh, our hours play. Uh, this was hard. Yeah. So it was another roguelike, which seems to be a very popular genre of the moment. So just explain what roguelike means. So it is kind of small amounts of progression, and if you die, you lose everything. Usually you have some over-the-top perks um, that you can apply, and they'll stick throughout the entire game, but each go of a game is a new attempt, basically. Um, And it had a Metroidvania feel as well, because each... (laughs) You're basically a space pirate. You're going onto different ships, and you had to uh, pillage and loot... And you collect in gold as you went through. You could use your gold to buy different items. The items only stuck for that playthrough. So if you died, that was it. Um, When you got to the end of a ship, you got a shell that you could smash and you could get kind of perk tokens that you could use to buy the perks that stuck throughout playthroughs. And the aim of the game was to collect bounties. I mean, uh, so you'd find a wanted poster, and you'd have a you'd have a person on it, and you'd have to feed your compass um, different items. So you'd have to feed it three things, so you'd get through three ships. Then your compass would oh, point yeah. you in the direction of the enemy, and you could go to the ship with the enemy on and destroy the enemy. Yes. And the first the achievements, achievements were crazy, though, weren't they? Because the first one was for getting to level ten. I think we only got to level five in the first hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that was character levels, yeah. Yeah, character level. So this is going to be a long old completion. Um, mm-hmm. But as you say, in theory, these games should get easier the more you play them because you you retain your perks throughout following playthroughs. Um, but yeah, we we got big fat zero in an hour. Um, and finally, yesterday we played Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap, which was another remaster, mm-hmm. and had one of the coolest uh, little mechanic things. It had an entire menu of graphical and audio uh, switches mm-hmm. that you could revert to the original ones. And in fact, you could turn on line scans as well, which would make them look even yeah. worse than the original. So you, on, And in fact, they even um, put one of the switches onto one of the buttons on the controller so you could flip between retro graphics and uh, current-gen graphics uh, at the flick of a switch. And it wasn't just like slightly better. They had taken these old, I guess, SNES or... I think it was SNES game initially um and they turned it into some beautiful hand-drawn cartoon graphics and it looked fantastic this game absolutely looked beautiful and it was really impressive that you could flip between them at any point in the game uh, and the and the gameplay was it was literally identical so um it did it did 
mean that it had some slightly odd mechanics. Like, if you shot your fireball when you were the dragon, um, and then you shot another fireball, the first fireball would just instantly stop and disappear because ah. it could only handle one on screen at any time in the previous incarn- incarnation of the game. So that was a bit of a pain. Um, if you're used to like hammering the fire button like I am, because it meant you're just constantly firing about a centimetre on the screen and then it's disappearing. Um, but again, reasonably tricky, but we did at least get two achievements in this game. Mm-hmm. For 110 Gs, um, lovers of the original will want to go and play this, I think. Mm. I found it slightly frustrating. This is what I was talking about, the rose-tinted things. Um, some of the gameplay was pretty frustrating. Like Enemies just completely instantly respawn if you leave the screen and come back which is really annoying because a lot of it involves walking backwards and forwards and redoing the same parts of the levels um, to find different stuff. So I found that pretty annoying. And some of the enemies were quite tricky to kill. Uh, anything to add to that one, Jack? Um, I think I really like the mechanic you were talking about, being able to switch between the old-style graphics and the new-style graphics. And I think this game is... A great example to show people that say graphics aren't important in games. Mm. Anyone that says our oh, story over graphics, blah blah blah, I think this is the best game to show them. Yeah, kind of because it's, I think it's literally identical it's, gameplay. It's identical in terms of yeah, but it felt a lot more difficult using the old school graphics. Mm. Like you didn't feel like you were jumping off edges, you were falling off edges more, you were kind of clipping into. Things and the new style graphics just made it so much easier for some reason, and okay. it looked amazing. Yeah, the new graphics are fantastic. Check out our stream uh, of that. Um, it was fun. Okay, let's talk about what we've been playing. So, Dave, you've been playing Aero, as we discussed. I've been playing an awful lot. In fact, the day before yesterday, I got my highest ever TA in a single day. Uh, if you want to see what your best ever days are, you can go to the stats tab on your homepage and then click on best days. Uh, I got just over 2,500 TA uh, the other day, mainly through playing Gallagher, uh, which I already had, uh, the arcade game series, which has a load of achievements for um, 100%ing bonus levels, which are actually not that difficult if you learn the patterns of the waves, but there's about 1,500 TA just in doing those six or seven levels perfectly. And I also finished uh, NBA 2k17 the prelude which i'd started ages ago and for some reason only got one achievement in i think it's because it's got tons of unskippable cutscenes, which are basically like film mm-hmm. it just goes on forever uh, so i think i got fed up with that um but yeah i actually got loads and loads and loads i also um finished beyond eyes which i mentioned ages ago which is the uh walking simulator of a little blind girl uh trying to find her cat um, but the weirdest thing is I didn't get the achievement for finishing the game, which is worth 200 gamer score, um, and I have no idea why. The most annoying thing as well, I think there's one, well I also didn't get the one for finding all the uh, collectibles, so I've obviously missed a collectible. I don't know if those two achievements are tied, or whether it's just that my um, Xbox threw a wobbly at that point. Um, but I've gone back, I've reloaded the game, all sorts of other things, and it hasn't helped fix it. So if anyone knows, what, because there's no way I'm playing that game again, it's just too slow. Um, please let me know what to do. It's really fast. There's 300 gamer score there just sat waiting for me to unlock. Uh, I also bought Dovetail Games Euro Fishing in the sale. Because um, why wouldn't you um, at half price? So I started that last weekend. That is one complicated game. I looked at the humans. I thought, oh, I'll just catch some fish, basically. Sounds easy, doesn't it? 
But oh man, there is so much to that game. You've got to like cast your rod and line in the right place. You sometimes you've got like three rods all at once. Like I just figured out how to cast one and put it down, pick up the next one. The alarm goes off on the first one, and I'm like struggling to figure out how to put the second rod down and pick up the first one. By the time I've done that, the fish is gone. My bait's all gone. You've got to put special baits on, special hooks on. <laughs> Even the tutorial went over about an hour. I was, I was like, there's no way. I'll, this is going to be another one of those games where I have one solitary achievement and never go back to it. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, but it's been an amazing week. I think I've put on about 4,500 TA in a week. Yay me. Um, Jack, you've got nothing of note. No, nothing of note. Okay, so moving on to site news. Ooh. <laughs> Must leave the building. Let's give away a game. Dave, what's the code? Okay, so today it is RBI Baseball. Uh, another ID from a couple of weeks ago. Obviously baseball related. Uh, code for this one is J4K44-66HGPYDTFDCCYPK92K. Seven Z. Nice. Good luck to anyone putting that code in. Uh, right, let's move back on to site news. So we have TA Playlist. The first one has been a tremendous success. Um, nearly a thousand people playing Alan Wake this month, and uh, there's some additional stuff going onto the hub uh, in the next day or so. You can earn a badge, which doesn't exist at the moment, but if you want to earn a badge for TA playlist stuff, make sure you either play some TA playlist, submit a clip um, of Alan Wake or earn an achievement in Alan Wake this month, or you can post in either of the forum threads about the game, uh, all of which will qualify you as a participant in this month's. Um, and the voting for next month has just been announced and is open currently. Uh, the games are Darksiders, which I think went um, Games with Gold recently, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people will have that. Dying Light, Skyrim, and Tomb Raider. Uh, and I can tell you that the voting is ridiculously close. I think we've had nearly 2,000 votes, and it is very, very neck and neck. So uh, if you would like to uh, make your opinion felt on either of the, any of those four games, then uh, vote, and then we'll be announcing the May. It's May, isn't it? May's TA Players Game of the Month uh, in the next couple of days. Easter Egg Hunt is our latest community event, which is currently running, all about getting uh, zero-point gamer score achievements, not challenges. And there's loads... Again, I think there's 2,000 people participating in this, which is pretty crazy. Um, the current leaderboard has Quick Don't Die uh, at the top with a staggering 211 wow. zero-point uh, gamer score achievements, wow. which is pretty incredible. Uh, but it's pretty tight as well at the top with Vcon is just behind him with 202 so there's still plenty of time for that I think there's another week and a half to go almost um, or at least a week anyway next Friday I think it ends so you can participate too and get a community badge and all that sort of fun stuff if you just want to participate I suggest ABC News app ABC, ABC News app okay thank you uh, app achievements do count a couple of recruitments, investigations team are recruiting and the news hound team are currently recruiting as well. So if you have a passion for keeping our leaderboards uh, clean and our stats accurate, uh, then 
investigations team is for you. There's a small, say small, 20 question questionnaire um, to fill in and send it over to me and I'll get it over to the investigations team and they will go through them. I think there's another week open for those. And then the news team are recruiting if you are passionate about writing about video games. This is an opportunity for you to get your stuff read on one of the biggest uh, gaming websites around. So con- uh, we will link to the story. Uh, there's a small questionnaire on that one as well. Uh, and I think that is open until Sunday. Regular news, Dave. Okay, so first one, we did a um, the five fastest idea Xbox completions mm. to tie in with our 500 games celebration. And you guys worked out 5,000 gamer score in under four hours. Yeah, I think it's about three and a half hours if you follow the walkthroughs. So we posted all all five of these have walkthroughs on TA. So I linked all of them in the thing. I also linked the prices. So I think the total price was around... Well, some of them were really cheap, weren't they? I think the total price was around 50 bucks, maybe. Probably less than that for 5,000 gamer score. But you can also set up price tracking on these. These are the types of games that often go on sale. Yeah. Um, so just the links are all there to get to the store pages on TA and you can set your price tracking up on there. It'll give you a current price. Uh, things like, um, energy cycle are dirt cheap anyway. And Qbot was really cheap as well. I think you can get those 2000 done in around about 45 minutes for less than five bucks, uh, which is a bargain. Next one. Xbox Insiders update, they just released the, the last one to the public, which was loads of funky features, the new dashboard and everything, but now they've rolled out another one to Insiders. Uh, we've got, obviously, the new custom Gamer Picks. Gamer Picks. I've got one. Yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking, should I do one? And it's like, I use my Gamer Pick as my profile pick on everything. <laughs> okay. I, haven't, I haven't got a good one to put in. <laughs> I'm sure Jack will be appearing as a penguin soon. <laughs> uh, so there's that there's been some updates to uh clubs and things uh the tournaments thing what's that what was that called the tournaments they did arenas arenas that's it yeah they've done some updates to that and there's a killer instinct one going on right now it looks quite cool it looks quite nicely implemented like a little tree thing going on like a yeah, knockout system. system yeah it looks really cool uh, but that should be rolling out now to Insiders. Uh, big one this week, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was officially revealed. Uh, it, the kind of trailer leaked early. So it was a shame that we kind of knew anyway, but and we knew it was coming anyway, but they've shown some g- gameplay, it looked really cool actually. Did you watch it the did trailer? Really good. So it looked like a big jump on from the first one. Yeah, it just looked much more varied. Just yeah, lots there's of different stuff going there's on. a single player campaign in and there. Campaign. Which, and I think there's a co op campaign, isn't there? Isn't it co op as well? I think it was co op. There's some co op stuff okay. in there. That's one of the big things, isn't it? Because uh, Time yeah. Four did that as well, didn't they? To yep. uh, add a single player campaign because people don't. Made all the difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's going to be coming out November the 17th. And obviously, you get to play it a week earlier on EA Access. Yes. And then if you buy the Troopers Deluxe Edition, you get. To play it three days early as well on November the 14th, so that's one to look out for. I think I'll be getting that one. Uh, Walking Dead, A New Frontier, Episode 4 has been dated. There's a trailer that I'll link to. But, uh, launches on Tuesday, 25th of April, so this one looks like they're actually getting the episodes out quite quickly, which is nice for a change. And then last one, 
Uh, Halo Wars Definitive Edition. It, I think if you pre-ordered Halo Wars 2 Ultimate Edition, it was a pre-order bonus previously. Yeah, They are releasing it as a standalone purchase on April the 20th. And you're going to be able to download it from Windows Store and Steam as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Is that the first Xbox title on Steam? Um, sure. I wonder right. if the Steam version will have integration with the achievement system. Right, possibly, because, I mean, you can log into, like, on your phone, you can just log into Xbox Live, I can over and can't still earn achievements, mm. so... Yeah, but possible. Steam has its own achievement system. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that would happen. I'm thinking the Steam one might be standalone, like, um, you know, Call of Duty... Um, Is that through remastered. Steam? That released on Steam and it released on Windows 10, didn't it? The latest one. Um, and okay. the Steam version and the Windows 10 version have no integration at all. But does the Steam version have Xbox achievements? No. 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 So it will have Steam. I would imagine this will have Steam achievements. I think it's uh, standalone, yeah. And that's it for the news. Okay, cool. Um, we had a ton of, well, five back compat titles hit yesterday. Mm hmm. Yeah, we didn't have any on Tuesday, but it was a uh, bumper day yesterday. So we had Contra, uh, 3D Ultra Mini Golf Adventures, Golf Tee It Up, Gin Rummy, and Robo Blitz. Nice. Okay, I don't think I've played any of those. I, I haven't Contra played any from of them the either. arcades back in the day. Yeah, a lot of people excited about Contra. Um, golf Tee It was a pretty easy completion. I think that was like the Avatar Golf game. Oh, I like stuff like that. Um, cool, let's move on to your bulging mailbag, Dave. Yeah, so How was, bulging is it today? It was massive this week, but uh, <laughs> we've actually put some back to next week, and we've yes. sort of, like, marked a couple that we're definitely going to do next week, so if it's not red, listen next week. But uh, this week, got a couple of ID-related ones, seeing as it's our ID celebration. Uh, Ian Triplo, what's been your individual favourite ID at Xbox game? He added a bit more at the end, but we're just going with favourite. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand this criteria. Okay, so I'm going to say inside just because I thought it was uh, unusual and very well made and interesting and challenging and thought-provoking and and just just brilliant, actually. Um, but I could have chosen... There was quite a lot to choose from. Candleman, honourable mention... Um, and a couple of other ones that um, we're going to come on to, actually. So, Jack? Yeah, I put Talon Not Included, which is one we played a couple of weeks ago. Um, my reasoning for that is really just quick pick-up-and-play, very fast levels. Mm. Um, a lot of fun in co-op. Yeah, a lot of achievements as well. Achievements were popping all over the shop. I think we've got 650 gamers score in an hour. Yes. Which, Which game is that? Is that the one where like the scenery was rolling up? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, it was almost like you're on a stage and everything yeah. rolled over. And, and you're getting booed and things as you died. Yeah, I was getting like booed. <laughs> a lot. Especially uh, from Jared. I've kind of gone for two because I'm cheating, but inside, for the same reasons Rich mentioned, it's just a game that's really stuck with me. Like, mm. And then the other one is for pure kind of time played and like joy with the kids. Rocket League. Yeah. Easy so, um, talking about Rocket League, that won our poll of your favourite idea Xbox. When I say you, I mean the TA community. Uh, favourite idea Xbox game. So, we will be having a mega stream off today. 
with three back-to-back streams. We are playing Deformed, we are playing City Skyline, and we are playing the winner of that poll, which, as I say, is Rocket League. Um, loads of stuff to give away, including some hats, which, um, if you follow me on Twitter, you will see a rather attractive picture <laughs> of me wearing one. <laughs> um, we're looking forward to that. So let's move on to the next question. Thank you, Ian, for that one. Uh, yeah, Derek Peak asked, which ID title has the highest TA score and which ID title have you not fully played yet but look forward to doing so? Okay, so highest TA scores are, I'll link the uh, top 20, uh, but the top ones are Pimble FX2, which has a ridiculous TA of 20,000, uh, followed by Smite, with around 14,000. Both of those games obviously have a ton of DLC, uh, so they are starting at a slightly uh, advantage over other things, such as I Am Bread, which has uh, a TA of 13,000. So, Jack, you played this. I missed this stream. Uh, I guess this game must be ridiculously difficult. Yeah, it's really tricky. You've got your base levels that you can just kind of play and complete, but then you've got time trial levels where you've got to try and get through as quick as possible. You've got levels okay. where you've got to try and get through with as less like the least amount of dirt on the bread possible before you taste it. So that's hygienic, but lot That's of... a pretty crazy score, isn't it? I think that's probably the highest TA for any game based on it with just a base game of score, with just a thousand base. I can't actually think of any that would be higher than that. So well done, Iron Bread. <laughs> uh, then we had Chariot, which was, uh, one of, I think, one of the first, first games, games of gold. Games. gold. Yeah. Um, most of which needs to be done in two player. Uh, and then Verdun, which we streamed a few months ago, which was a first-person war shooter. Yeah, they had about a million achievements, and um, some of them were unobtainable. I think there was a Ooh. patch the other day, so I'm wondering if they fixed those. Yeah, they have to just fix. Yeah, so that would be why those have shot up, potentially. Okay, so that's the top five. We'll link to the top 20 in the show notes. Good question. Oh, and which ID title have you not fully played yet, but look forward to doing so? Uh, any ones, Jack? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay, I'm going to say Aero, because uh, now Dave's proves that it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to try City Skylines. Like, I love kind of okay. like management games like that, so I'm going to get Well, that. you should watch our stream today, Dave. I might do. I might tune in this one. Yeah, you should do. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Derek, for that question. Um, and next, the question of the week. Yeah. Uh, from Matt Cena, duh, 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 duh. Uh, he asked, "Have you played a game <laughs> that was so good it has ruined other games in that genre? I nothing can live up to The Witcher Three for him." Okay, he needs to play more games. Um, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> I'm gonna go with FIFA. Um, Pez really improved last year when we played it at Gamescom and things, but yes. overall kind of production value, it's it's like watching. Super Sunday on Sky, and um, obviously Pez doesn't have all the licenses and things, and that really kind of puts me off for some unknown reason, even though... Yeah, well, it's like what we were just saying about the remastered flipping of the graphics, just presentation can affect your play, even if, you know, even if it doesn't affect the gameplay in any way, it it just has an overall effect on you. It's a shame, though, because the the teams that they do have license, like, was it, I think, Arsenal and Barcelona... We were playing as last year. Just went for the rubbish teams. And it, no, but it looked amazing, didn't it? Like the presentation on those teams, and you got the proper kits and the proper players, and the stadiums looked amazing. So yeah. it's a shame that it. Have um, the fan TV where they're abusing the manager. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fan. Excellent. Good. 
Um, I'm going to say Forza Horizon, predictably, I guess, because um, any other racer just just doesn't feel as fun for me. I wouldn't say it's ruined the genre. I think that's quite a strong, strong statement because I still love racing games in general, but nothing comes close to Forza Horizon for me on those. Um, Jack? Um, I struggle to think of one for this, but um, Mirror's Edge, that's kind of ruined parkour games for me. Um, that massive. Yeah, uh, I can see. I can see. Parkour, parkour I don't think anything's going to top it. I don't think anything, uh, another one will release. But, uh, okay, good. Did we put parkour as a genre? No, no genre. I can make okay. it happen, though. Yeah, well, I think Mirror's Edge will, will top that leaderboard. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, last question this week is oh, from... thanks for Matt, by the way, you've won a game. Yeah, I'll get in touch with you on Twitter and give you the list of what you can choose from. Uh, Andrew King asked, uh, five more arcade games became backwards compatible this week. How many in total are remaining and what percentage arcade 360 games are backwards I love questions like this because there's no, right, there's no wrong answer. There's just me <laughs> finding out the stats. <laughs> so the correct answer is... Uh, 1939, although that does include 1, 2, 3, 4, maybe 10 that got cancelled or are unreleased, which I doubt they released them. <laughs> that would be a bit weird. Um, so let's say 1929 um, Xbox 360 titles that have not been made back compatible. So there's plenty to go. Lots more stories for us to be top of Reddit on. <laughs> um, but I just thought I'd mention the top 10 uh, quickly. So You'll notice the trend here. So this is based on the number of gamers that have played the game on TA. So the highest non-back compact game is Halo 3. Um, also at slot 6 on the top 10 is Halo 4. And at slot 8 on the top 10 is ODST. So obviously all those three were remastered for the uh, Master Chief Collection. Uh, then in number 2, number 3 and number 4 positions we have all of the Modern Warfare's. So Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Now, obviously, Modern Warfare 1 was recently remastered for um, the controversial inclusion in Infinite Warfare bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two, we expect, will probably come along at some point as well. Uh, and then fifth on the list is GTA 5, which also had its own release on Xbox One. In position 7 is the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which again has its own release on Xbox One. And then in ninth position is Minecraft, which again has its own release on Xbox One. And in tenth spot is Brotherhood, which again was part of the Assassin's Creed remaster. The first one that hasn't been remastered, as far as I'm aware, is Dead Island in position 11, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't believe there's an Xbox One version of. Is that right? There is a Dead Island, isn't there? Uh, Is there? Yeah, there's a Dead Island on the Xbox One as well, yeah. Released it. Okay, the first edition. one that definitely, 100%, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely doesn't have an Xbox One remaster is Crackdown uh, in position 13. So, that I, obviously, Xbox have this data. Uh-huh. They know um, that Crackdown is, is just ripe for some new content. So, hopefully, Crackdown 2 or 3 <laughs> or whatever they decide to call it. Didn't they even drop the 3? I think it was just trailered as Crackdown at E3 when it was first yeah. re-announced. 
Um, hopefully we'll hear more of that in the next couple of months at E3. Maybe that could be a uh, controversial bundle pre-order of a game and you get Crackdown. Crackdown it. Remastered, yeah. So, you know, they, they, they've done that a couple of times now, haven't they? Like, they've done it with Gears, they did it with uh, Halo Wars. Yes. yes. So it there we could, go. There you go. You cracked it. Crackdown is coming back uh, as a remaster. <laughs> cool. Great question, though. Thank you for that one. Let's talk about next week's streams, which we've already done. Because they're today's streams. Uh, we're also streaming Neverwinter uh, as a little special one-off thing with some funky Neverwinter goodies. So Jack and I have never played this. I used to love D&D when I was a kid, so I'm looking for forward to this a lot. It's a free-to-play game, and there's an absolute ton of title updates for it, also all free. So uh, we will be playing that next Wednesday at 4pm UK time after our regular ID stream. And uh, we should have some starter packs to give away in that as well. So if you're interested in Neverwinter, check out that stream. We'll be playing it as noobs. Uh, not nude, but noobs. <laughs> I was expecting an 18-rated stream. Uh, new achievement lists. Yeah, we've had quite a few this week. Thousands of them. Yeah, first up we had two releases of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a new Telltale point-and-click game. Uh, Windows 10 and Xbox One, both of those. Our review went up game for the first one as well, and um, I think Megan did it, didn't she? I think she liked it. Kelly. Okay. Kelly did it. Okay, I think she liked it. <laughs> um, after that, we had it. the Disney Afternoon Collection, which didn't have 5,000 gamer score like we were hoping, but 20 uh, achievements for a 1,000 gamer scores. So there's five games in there? Yeah, five games in there, I think. Only four achievements per game. Mm. <laughs> not too many um, all the games have a save state as well so you can quick save them I believe so oh, if okay. you get to a difficult bit you just save and quick reload rinse oh nice rare replay really style good. yeah exactly um, another two ACA Neo Geo titles Fatal Ooh. Fury 2 and Overtop Dave's With already the bought them. Exact same achievement list. Not playing any more of them. I give up unless it's a massive bundle sale for like three quid. Bundle. <laughs> massive yeah. bundle. Um, after that, City Skylines, which we will be streaming today, thirty-six achievements, um, and we'll get at least one of those over. Yeah. Uh, the new Artifacts Monday title, Lost Grimoire, Stolen Kingdom. I think it's Artifacts no Monday. Anyway. So we'll be playing this later. Yeah. A point and click. Uh, after that, Planet Base with 30 achievements. Human Fall Flat, 47 achievements. I'm intrigued by that already. Portal. Is that an ID title? Uh, not too sure, to be honest. We didn't actually have a pre-release object for this. So it's one that appeared out of the blue. Uh, no, it's coming by Curve Digital. Mm. Uh, it's part of the ID program. Curve no, Normandy. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so hopefully we'll be streaming that next week. Cool name, though. Human Fall Flat. Um, then Portal Knights with 29 achievements, Siberia 3 with 40 achievements, and then a quite a big one, uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior 3, mm. 47 achievements. This was delayed back in, it was supposed to come out this month, I think, potentially. It, well, it might be February. <laughs> is it coming out this month? It's delayed. Okay, no, it was uh, supposed to come out in February and got yeah. delayed, okay. I think. I played that at um, Gamescom yes. last year, and it's like if you played the other ones, they were in the kind of linear. Probably, but they've kind of done it like an open world game this time, so it looks quite interesting. Okay. Okay. And we had two. I always get that confused with Sniper Elite. We had yeah. uh, two DLC packs as well. Uh, title update for Warframe, Octavia's Anthem, with one achievement for 100 gamer score. And Zeros is going to be releasing the Forgotten Land DLC soon with three but. achievements for zero gamers. <laughs> Boo! 
Was it released in time for... Oh, got it. <laughs> Actually, it might be. It's it might be. I week. think it's to coincide... Um, it's released paid? on PlayStation 4 on the 25th of April. If that's paid, people are going to be angry. Yeah, if that's paid, people are going to be very angry. Unless they just kind we've... of made a bit of a mess up with the achievement system. Of achievement the that is I was just going to say that's happened before, hasn't it? Where we've had yes. it, we picked it up with no gamer score, and then suddenly it's appeared. Yeah, it happened on Outlast, the original one. Um, cool beans. It's rectified quickly. Okay, so that's the end of our regular part of the show. But as I said, we now have an exclusive interview with Chris Jala from Idea Xbox. See you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Hello, and welcome to a very special bonus edition of the True Achievements podcast. We are delighted to be joined by an extra special guest. It's Chris Charla, director of Microsoft's ID at Xbox program. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure to have you on today. So, first of all, for those who don't know too much about it, let's get started with some basics. What were the main reasons that the ID at Xbox program was originally created, and when did it start? Oh, okay. Yeah, so the ID and Xbox program got started in, I think we announced it in August 2013. It got started a few months before that with a, a listening tour. We went out and talked to a ton of independent developers around the game industry just about what they wanted in a self-publishing program on Xbox. And um, the reason we started it was, was really simple. We wanted to make sure that independent developers who had had a ton of success on 360 through programs like Xbox Live Arcade uh, we're able to have the same level of success on Xbox One, and we also recognized that the industry had changed a lot in that 360 generation. And so early in the 360 generation, um, we had rules in place that you know you had to work with a publisher. And that was really because that's just the way the industry was set up then, that was the way our back end was set up. And as we got uh, towards the end of that generation and into the, the current generation, we realized that the independent scene had grown up really, really quickly, things were different, and developers needed to be able to self-publish. So we um, um, made you know, the commitment that we were going to enable that on Xbox One and, and obviously on Windows 10 as well, and, uh, and then did a ton of work on the back end to make sure our systems could support the, um, the scale of developers that we knew were going to come to the platform. So that's the main reasons why we uh, started the program, and that's, that's when we got it started. What support does the ID team offer to smaller publishers that want to release games through the ID program? Um, so in terms of the support we offer uh, to smaller developers who come through, we offer a lot of support around um, a lot of the things you need to do specifically to shipping on console and on Xbox. Uh, so things with, help with things like how to get ratings, um, help with, you know, if a developer has a specific technical question about implementing something on Xbox One. Uh, obviously, the developers have access to all the same sort of uh, documentation and tech forums that, you know, any other developer on Xbox has, whether they're part of, you know, Activision or System Era or anybody has access to the same stuff. And then um, as the developers get closer to um, certification, we help get them through cert, try and make it as straightforward as possible. And then on the program side, we also work closely with the developers to, uh, to see where there's opportunities where we can really kind of um, um, you know, help a developer stand out, whether that's bringing them to a trade show or featuring them on the Xbox Wire blog or after they launch, you'll see that a lot of ID and Xbox games will be featured you know, prominently on the dashboard. And so we really try and do what we can to make sure that um, 
you know, developers get uh, good exposure. And the, the reason for that is simple, is because we want players to be exposed to this huge, broad variety of amazing games every time they turn on their Xbox. And we want them to be exposed to, you know, all the really cool, diverse, innovative content that's being created by independent developers out there. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. And uh, do developers have to meet any requirements in order to get the games released through the program? Not really. Um, I mean, not, not as developers. You, you have to be a company, and, and I think you have to be 18. So you have to be 18. You have to have a, a formal company so that we can sign a contract with you and pay you and everything like that. But after that, um, it's really the games that have the requirements, not the developers. So we've had um, developers where this is their first ever um, console game or even their first ever shipped game come through the ID and Xbox program really successfully. The games themselves um, that come through ID and Xbox go through the same level of sort of concept approval and certification as any other game on the platform, you know, from a big publisher or not, like all games that are going to ship in the Xbox store, um, with the exception of creators program games, um, uh, are going to go through the same level of um, sort of scrutiny to make sure that, that they hit, you know, a, a, a level of quality that, that a console player expects. Cool. Now, that sounds fair enough. We'll come on to the creators program in a little while. We're recording this interview as part of our week-long celebrations to mark 500 releases on the ID program. Can you believe it's been 500 already? It's Out awesome. of those, I know, it's incredible. Out of those 500, and you've got a good choice from to choose from here, what have been some of your personal favorites? And are there any lesser-known titles that you'd recommend people pick up? Yeah, you know, it's a hard question to answer because I try and play every game. Um, I can't say that I've played all 500, but I've, I've definitely played more than 400, uh, at least wow. for a little bit, um, just to just to get a f- flavor. And, and maybe, you know, sometimes it's not, not a really long time, but I try and play everything. When it comes to my personal favorite games, I'm really an adventure game guy, um, and, um, you know, from way back. So um, I've played a lot of adventure games from, from ID and Xbox, so I guess I would throw out... Right now I'm playing Thimbleweed Park, um, okay. which is, is just really, really fun. And then I uh, really enjoyed Oxenfree um, that came out last, I guess, uh, just about a, more than a year ago now. Um, really enjoyed Her Majesty's Spiffing. I don't know if you guys saw that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, no, no, no. We played that. Um, in fact, I completed that a couple of weekends ago. So how did... I, let's go on a slight sidetrack here. How did you enjoy the humor because we're british guys that game is so british yeah it felt super super british it felt like the kind of thing you see like late night on bbc america and you you know, you know that there's probably more jokes than you're getting it's like a you know uh but uh i really enjoyed it i, I thought some of the puzzles i, I don't want to spoil any of the puzzles but a couple of the puzzles in there if you are somebody who was alive in the 90s um are just just super funny and um <laughs> I also like it's it's quite short. It's not a super long yeah. experience, and um, for me, because I do play so many games, I actually, if you tell me a game is short, it is like immediately on my list uh, to play. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, just thinking about like other games that I like that are maybe sort of um, less well known or, or games that I'd throw out there as kind of hidden gems. Um, uh, Rebel Galaxy is really really fun. It's a space trading game that came out uh, last year. Um, Inside, hopefully, is, is pretty well known, but if, oh, if you have not played man. Inside, you really owe it to yourself to, uh, to play that game. Um, and then um, a couple of weird ones, which, which maybe you guys just know because they're, they're not uh, stingy with achievements, is um, 
Uh, Three Force Home is uh, is really I, I really enjoyed it. It was not I, wasn't on my radar, and so when I played it, I didn't know what to expect, and I got a, a really interesting experience. Um, Wheels of Aurelia, uh, I'm not sure I'm pronounced that right, but it's it's uh, it's a road trip game that's set in the Italian countryside in the 70s. So if you want to talk about not getting all the references as, a, you know, <laughs> as an American who wasn't in the Italian countryside in the 1970s. I didn't get all the references, but it was uh, was really fun. Um, and then if you've got to connect, I would definitely say if you have not played through, um, you really owe it to yourself to play through. Um, it just okay. is a really fun game. Yeah, I need to do that. In fact, talking of connect, we, we streamed um, Eggitar Warriors last week, and oh, that right. was the f- one of the mo- most fun hours um i've had and i think most of the people watching us have ever had <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic and it's good to see support for connect um is still it's still happening because um it's an amazing bit of kit and it it seems a shame that it's not used as much as it could be yeah yeah for sure there's still some cool stuff coming out for it and um yeah i think just off the top of my head those are kind of some of the ones i'd throw out there uh, maybe um you know, I really like King Oddball, which is not, you know, a, a particularly, um, you know, hardware-pushing game, but it was really a lot of fun to play. And um, I don't know if I mentioned Massive Chalice, but i got to give a shout-out to Massive Chalice. It's, okay. uh, it's just a really fun game. Awesome. Thank you. Tell us a bit about your gaming history. What got you uh, interested in video games to start with? Well, I... I... You know, I'm, I'm going to date myself here, but, but <laughs> the first video game I can ever remember playing, honest to God, was uh, Pong in, uh, in, uh, not in a, not in an arcade, because it was when, it was in the era when they were putting arcade machines just in, like, restaurants, and I was like, yeah. maybe, I don't know how old I was, I was three or four, and, uh, and I was there with my mom, and, uh, she had a friend who had a son my age, who still, I'm still friends with, and they were like, we're going to get these toddlers out of our hair and so uh <laughs> they put a quarter in pong with no idea what to do but that, that was that was my start um but then just growing up i had uh, an apple II uh computer and then um friends with an nes and turbo graphics and genesis and I, you know it never occurred to me honestly that i was gonna do anything other than um you know make video games or work in video games one way or another and i was definitely um, and, you know, if there's any developers listening, they'll, they'll know this, you know, kind of person. I was that really annoying little kid who was like 10 or 11 and would like go to the library and get like the phone books for other cities because this is before the Internet and like look up game companies and then call them, you know, and be like, wow. is this Sierra? And be like, yeah, this is Sierra. Oh, like, Sierra Online. Oh, that's really cool. Like, what games you guys make? You know, and I would just ask the most inane questions, but... <laughs> I was pretty passionate, and so um, so that's kind of how I got started. Just always was playing games, even in college and everything. And then um, um, after I graduated from college, left college, I um, went uh, and got a job at a video game magazine. And that's kind of how I got into the industry. Okay, cool. And how did you end up being director of the ID program? Oh, okay. Well, I guess it kind of leads right into it. So I, I worked at this video game magazine, which was called Next Generation. It was like the uh, U.S. version of Edge. Where we had, we're like sister oh, yeah. magazines with Edge. And then um, I did a bunch of other magazine stuff. I was actually the launch editor for uh, IGN.com. And then um, I split and went into development. And I worked at a game developer for 10 years um, doing a bunch of different things like 
from like level design to like VP of business development, um, super fun. Um, got to make a lot of really cool games and work with a lot of super cool people. And then one of the folks I had worked with um, had gone to Microsoft and then he hired me to work on Xbox Live Arcade during the 360 era and uh, made a ton of sense. I've always loved small games. I've always loved independent development and um, I loved working on XBLA. We had shipped, my company had shipped a ton of XBLA games before I joined Microsoft. And then um, while at XBLA, um, we started brainstorming all sorts of different ways to kind of um, take independent development forward at Microsoft. And that's, that's, uh, that's how ID and Xbox got started. Wow. Amazing uh, story. More recently at GDC, you announced the Xbox, Xbox Live Creators Program. Uh, could you give us a little bit more information about what that's about? Yeah, so the um, Xbox Live Creators Program, we announced at GDC, and it's really a continuation of some announcements we had made at the previous GDC, and actually a continuation of some promises that we made all the way back in 2013. Um, back in 2013, we said that you know any Xbox, retail Xbox, would be able to be used as a dev kit, um, and that, that we wanted Xbox not just to be a great tool for playing games, but a tool also for people to be able to create games. And in last GDC, in um, uh, 2016, we announced um, a really cool app on Xbox One called um, Dev Mode Activation. So anybody can download this for free. It's just in the application section of, uh, of the store on Xbox One. And once you download that um, and you do a, you know, a couple things on your PC, um, you can actually deploy uh, programs from Visual Studio straight to your Xbox. And it really just sees your Xbox as a Windows 10 machine um, that's doing a re remote deployment to. And, um, and then you can run uh, applications in the system space of your Xbox One. And, you know, and that was really cool. We actually opened up the, the application um, marketplace to all developers last year. And then this year at GDC, uh, we opened it up completely to game developers as well and with the Xbox Live Creators program. And in a nutshell, it's a program that lets um, anybody um, uh, using a retail Xbox One um, create a game um, and then implement uh, all the social features of Xbox Live. So things like um, presence, uh, leaderboards, um, gamertag, you know, all, all the things that are kind of like Xbox Live um, minus uh, multiplayer achievements and gamer score. And then, um, and do this all publicly without signing an NDA, without signing, you know, some complicated contract with Microsoft or something. Uh, download Xbox Live, um, implement it in their game, and then, um, and then ship their game through Dev Center as a UWP onto, um, you know, their choice of Windows 10 or Xbox One. And, um, and we think it's just a, a, an important kind of opening up of the platform, and, and we think it's going to be something that appeals to a lot of different kinds of developers. Certainly there'll be some professional developers who ship games there, but I think where, to me personally, it gets really exciting is thinking about what educators will do, and students, and hobbyists, and sort of experimenters, and people with just different ideas. Um, yeah, so excited to see more come out there. Cool. Uh, so, like, yeah, like you mentioned, there'll be some like there'll be some good things come of it. Um, but then we've seen with like Steam Greenlight, you know, there's been some kind of shovelware and asset flips and that kind of thing appearing on there. Is there any, going to be any kind of curation or anything for the creators program? You know, it's a, it's a really good question, and it 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 it, 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 it kind of I can't talk about Steam, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. But just talking generally, 
I think the, the real question is about marketplaces and, and the concept of an open marketplace versus a curated marketplace. And they both have advantages, right? I mean, a curated marketplace is hopefully easier to find things and easier to find the greatest content, uh, but you always run the risk that the curators have missed something. And then, you know, on the flip side, with an uncurated marketplace, or just call it an open marketplace, um, you don't run that risk because anything can come there, but then you, you sometimes have this pretty high kind of noise-to-signal ratio where there can be a lot of, you know, games in there that maybe you're not as interested in. Um, and so how do you solve that problem? And I think, you know, it's kind of one of the, 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 um, the problems of our age, you know, not to sound like too, like, hoity-toity or something, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just a real problem. Or it's a really interesting, you know, challenge, and 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 you see different marketplaces try and solve it different ways. Um, but I think the way we solved it, or the way we approached it um, at, at Microsoft with with Creators Program, I, I, I you know, maybe I, I guess I'm biased because I work there, but I feel like it's a pretty good way to solve it. So. On Windows 10, you know, right now you don't need to use Xbox Live to ship a game on Windows 10, and you don't need any kind of concept approval if you're not doing Xbox Live. And um, and so on Windows 10 Store, um, all the games are assorted together. If you say you're a game, you're assorted with the games. And so whether it's a live game like, you know, Forza, or if it's a, a game that's not a live game that you know maybe somebody just made a, a like a little uh, you know Pong clone or something like that, uh, they're all next to each other. And so. Xbox Live Creators Programs games are going to be right there as well, um, using this cool uh, subset, you know, the social features of Xbox Live. I think it's going to be really neat. On console, it's a little trickier because console players, um, you know, historically have a curated marketplace and they kind of expect the curated marketplace. And so, how do we solve that? And the way we solved it was um, uh, to just say, like, yeah, this is the kind of marketplace that you know and expect. This is what you're going to have. But we want to open up the Xbox. We want to open things up to this kind of completely open marketplace. And so what we're doing on Xbox One is that the marketplace is going to be exactly the way you sort of know it and love it today. Uh, and, but there will be a section that's clearly marked that says Xbox Live Creators Program. And when you go in there, that's when you're going to have you know all the fruits of the Creators Program. And those are games that are, um, there'll be programmatic curation, like you know most popular and new releases and top selling, like that kind of thing. But there is not going to be the kind of curation where somebody at Microsoft has, you know, picked a specific game and said like, oh, this one needs more support or anything like that. It is, right. it is truly an open marketplace, which I think is is awesome. And as a player, I feel comfortable because I know that, um, you know, I've got my normal or you know traditional marketplace that I really understand, and then now I'm going to have access to this open marketplace. So it's not like a. Uh, it's kind of the power of hand. I've got like the thing I know and like, and now I've got this open marketplace. So, so that's kind of how we're how we're solving the problem, how we're solving that challenge. Okay. okay. So let's say someone has their game on the creators program, and um, it gets really popular, and they think, oh man, it'd be great if we could add achievements to this and publish it through ID. Is that going to be like an upgrade path that's available to them? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I. Um, I will say that there's some things we need to do in the back end, so it might be something that happens more towards the end of the summer than the beginning of the summer. Sure. Um, but um, but yeah, like directionally, like 100%. We, I, my uh, assumption is that there will be games that um, start life as a creator's program game um, uh, that may be um, um, either they've already shipped in the, through the creator's program or they're just in development in the creator's program, and the developer's like, you know what? 
I, I, um, I want achievements for this, I want gamer score, I want to use multiplayer with Xbox Live or, or whatever, and I'm coming through ID, and like 100% um, we will support that. I, I think it's like going to be actually an awesome path to get some, to get some uh, developers into the program. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds good. We should probably re-emphasize to our listeners at home who are probably panicking if they didn't hear that right, that creators program stuff that is not curated will not be allowed to have achievements. I just, that's right. I could hear right. people having heart attacks back at home. So. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> you, 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 I mean, for, 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 the, for the really obvious reasons that you can imagine, um, you know, an, an uncurated program, we can't just, you know, open up achievements and gamer score to that. Okay, so talking of achievements... Obviously, true achievements wouldn't exist without the achievement system on the Xbox. What are your thoughts on Gamerscore and the Xbox achievement system in general? I love it. I mean, I'm, I really, <laughs> really love Next it. Next question. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really do. I think like it makes, I mean, you got, I'm just going to be saying stuff you guys already know, but I just feel like it makes playing games into this amazing metagame. It makes you want to play games more. Um, and then I, I, I honestly feel like, you know, you play certain games with, with, um, with really great achievement design and it makes you just love the developer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like those, those, those games where, you know, like say I, you know, get, you know, right around 50 or 40% of the achievements for beating the game. That feels great. And then there's like the fun, achie- you know, there's grindy achievements, but then there's like the, the fun achievements, the like headshot achievements and that kind of thing. And then there's achievements that you're just like. Okay, this developer was having fun, and like they, you know, wanted me to have fun, and I'm either doing something stupid, or you know, I'm doing something that is, you know, like ridiculously completionist, or or whatever. And it just like, I, to me, I feel like it um, makes me feel as a player like I have a closer relationship with the developer, and it makes me just like the games more. Yeah, cool. I always quote there's there's one in GTA 4 for I think it's for blowing up um, something like 15 vehicles in 10 seconds. And you can just you can try doing it all the normal ways. You get your rocket launcher out, but actually there was just about one spot on the map where you could sit. You could land a helicopter on top of a junction, like in the city, and you could crawl. You could climb down the side of this building in front of these traffic lights. And if you waited enough, traffic would build up, and then you could get your rocket launcher out, and then you could get them all in the time. And that's just so cool because I spent I probably spent two hours trying to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. All right, I, and I the, go back to the buzz. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say the buzz, the buzz from finally popping that was just—it's the noise, it's the it's the toast notification, it's the whole thing, isn't it? It's just oh, yes, it's, just it's one of those moments. Yeah, I, I go back to um, uh, Geometry Wars Two, which is oh. you know, I think only has two hundred achievements because it was an early XBLA game, but like trying to get um, well, first of all, wax on and wax yeah, off. Yeah, wax on, and wax off. I was just about to, to say that. I've made new Xbox accounts to get those achievements again. And, um, and, um, but then um, I think there's one, I think it's called Ambassador, or um, it's where you had to go in the, the mode with the circles, and you had to go in 30 circles without firing a shot. There's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pacifism, uh, pacifism is the mode, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's just brutal. That achievement yeah. was took me, it's probably like my biggest personal achievement was getting that achievement. And then, um, and then of course there's Smile, which I still haven't gotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I, I haven't still got that. We'll get someday, maybe when I'm retired. I don't know, but um, I just, I just love the achievement design in that game. Cool. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, going back to your sort of like personal gaming, uh, what are your favorite non-ID games? Like, 
inverted commas, triple A games do you play? Anything coming out this year that you're really looking forward to? Um, I was really looking forward to For Honor, and then it came out, and I really, really loved it. Um, and I've been uh, I've been playing that, so I think For Honor is probably like uh, I, I just love that game. I love uh, sword fighting. I loved like, all the way back to Bushido Blade, like that kind of close in combat and everything. And I, I think that game was just really well um, well done. I'm also big um, a big racing fan, so I love um, Forza, and I also love Horizon. Um, uh, like both of them, just just awesome. And um, and then I'll, I'll play like um, off Xbox. I play a lot of uh, dungeon crawlers and RPGs on uh, on 3DS, and, and play a lot of Animal Crossing. And then um, in terms of stuff, I'm looking forward to. I always have to be careful because I don't know. If <laughs> I'll been announced and uh... <laughs> I, I was just say that in general, I'm looking forward to E3 as always. Okay. Yeah, we were going to come <laughs> on to that one now. So we're obviously hugely looking forward to E3 this year. Uh, Microsoft's presentation in particular and Scorpio is obviously going to be a big focus at the event. Um, will existing ID titles see a performance bump from the new hardware? So, um, yeah, just talking about Scorpio, I, I don't want to uh, make any news. And we've had a couple good articles that have just come out about yeah. Scorpio uh, with uh, uh, the Digital Foundry guys and a couple weeks ago uh, on, um, on Gamma Sutra. Um, but yeah, Obviously, ID games are the exact same as anybody else's game, and and so to the extent that a game you know in, you know has uh, performance improvements from uh, from being on Scorpio, um, you know certainly ID games will be right in there. Um, you know, there's the ID developers we're talking to about Scorpio right now, and you know, so yes, there's no uh, there's no uh, ID devs who are somehow being left out of our, our planning for Scorpio. It's been an integral part of it from the very beginning. Cool. Uh, one of the other sort of like big things that Microsoft's got going on at the moment is the Play Anywhere feature. Um, do you expect to see more upcoming releases taking advantage of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we've announced um, uh, 20, maybe a couple more than 20, and, uh, and there's definitely going to be, there'll definitely be more. Um, it's something that, you know, people seem to be um, pretty excited about, and, and it's just a super cool feature. Great. I've just looked up that achievement, by the way. It's called Treaty, Treaty. Uh, for activating yeah, activating 30 zones in King without firing a shot or destroying any enemies. Uh, I've got it too. Yay! <laughs> it, it took um, me... I, I, just to go back to that, I'm sure this is just psychological, but I actually got an MLG uh, wired controller for the 360, <laughs> and I was convinced that I was like, okay, I've just spent $100 on this controller. Like Now I'll get that achievement. And I got it that night. I, I don't know if it was the controller or just psychological, but anyway. Yeah, no, that can happen. Um, interestingly, forty-eight percent of gamers have got that. Okay. So it's it's not as hard as um as we're making out. But I remember it. Being, or people that play Geometry Wars are hardcore. I think yeah, it's probably it was, more. It was hard for me. I'll put it that way. Yeah, no, no, it was definitely hard for me. Um, okay, so finally, what are your plans for ID throughout this year and next? Are there any titles you are particularly looking forward to seeing releasing? I'm really excited for Cuphead to release. Uh, oh, sure. yes. And, uh, and Below uh, as well, and also Tacoma, um, which are yep. three games that I think are all three going to be super tremendous. Um, and then um, in terms of other games, again, I, I apologize. I can't even remember off the top of my head what we've talked about and what we haven't. So I will just say <laughs> there's a lot of great games coming. We're not we're not stopping at 500 by any means. Uh, and <laughs> no, developers no, no. are not stopping at 500 by any means. Um, and and 
for us on the program side, you know, our plans are to, to kind of keep doing what we've been doing. Um, you know, helping to spotlight really great games, helping to get um, cool developers on the platform, um, you know, doing everything we can to listen to developers about what we could do, be doing better on the platform, um, and just always with the goal to just try and make life easier for developers um, and so that we can get awesome games out to players. Yeah. Can you give us a confirmation that Cuphead is definitely going to hit our shelves in 2017, our virtual shelves in 2017? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Amazing. A scoop to end the interview. Chris, I want to thank you so much uh, for spending your time with us today, especially given that you're on vacation, uh, doubly so. And um, it's been a pleasure to have, have you on the show, and I hope our listeners have learned plenty at home. Yeah, and absolutely. we look forward to the next 500. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully we can have you back for the 1,000th. Yeah, I would love to come back before then, too. And and thanks a lot for having me on. Um, I think your guys' uh, site is amazing. And, um, yeah, uh, thanks again. Thank you.